Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. It's a whole new day. It's a uh, Char is joining me in the studio as Ali continues to uh, make her way through Asia, um, in India and Nepal with a uh, an Indian wedding going on. Um, and so Char's back with me. Welcome yes, back. can you feel the brand new day? I can. You feel a brand new day. I feel like we have to like peel it's out of Tuesday. our bodies. And make it work. Yeah, it's Tuesday. You know, uh, one of our favorite hosts that we love, Wendy Williams, she has this theory that Tuesday is the worst day of the week. Why is that? She finds it so pointless. Tuesday is pointless? It just emotes differently. Like Monday, it's like you know you got the week to tackle. Wednesday, you know you're midweek. Thursday and Friday is the home stretch. You know, Friday's the home run. Tuesday just doesn't Tuesday is just fit like, for her. Ugh, what do you want? I Why thought about I? that this morning though, because Ryan, the sleigh god, yes, of Let's Go There, he and I went out last night after we finished the show. Okay, so we're gonna get into that because I know you were wilding out last night. And, <laughs> I was not wilding. Uh, this is like two nights in a row where you're out on a school night. <laughs> Uh, new showing life. out, so um, <laughs> new life. You said, "Yeah, you are such a windy." Like, um, but we got a whole lot to talk about. There's been so much going on this morning. I woke up uh, and thought, "Like, oh my god, there's an avalanche of news coming out of DC between yeah. uh, the impeachment hearings that happened yesterday, the impeachment articles that came out this morning, the uh, USMC agreement that came, USMCA agreement that came out this morning." There's a lot to talk about there, so um, I think we're going to be getting Ken Charles from Canex uh, to join us a little bit later to kind of talk through those things. So um, that all is happening. Last night, though, a friend of mine was telling me about this guy that he was like super into, mm-hmm. and he kept he was like sending me he was telling me about how uh, attractive this man was, and I was like, well, photos or it didn't happen, and so he kept saying like, oh, he's so this, and he's like, let me find photos, let me find photos. So then he sends me like four pictures of this person. Is this someone that you know, knew? Like, no. can I predict what? Ha- is this someone that you used to know on an intimate level? No, or something? no, no. I have no clue who this by? person is. Okay. And so he sent he sends me all the photos and I you know I I look at them and I was like, "Oh, okay." And he was like, "That's it?" I was like, "Well, what do you mean? Like what do you want?" And he was like, "He is so gorgeous. He's this and he's that." And I was like, I mean, he's your vibe. Like, I get it. Like Ooh, you're into it. And he you was like, "You being extra shady." Well, I wasn't being shady, but I like I wasn't super into the guy's photos, but I was like, I mean, I get it. Like he's your flavor. I was like, "We have different we have a different, have different taste. Type. Exactly. And he was like, are you serious right now? And I was like, I was like, are you salty about this? And I was like, oh, I have to talk about this on the radio tomorrow. Because I feel like whenever someone tells you that they're starting to talk to someone or they're dating someone or they like someone. Yeah. Everyone. The first question is always like, oh, is he cute? Yeah. And my response to that is always like, do you think I'd be talking about it if I didn't think the person was cute? Right. But then he was so he was like annoyed with me for a, a couple moments. And yeah, I was like, this is kind of reminiscent. If it's fair to draw this comparison of like a reunion on the Real Housewives of Atlanta when Sheree was excited about her house, Chateau Sheree, and then. Andy asked Nene, "Had she been by to visit?" And she said, "Well, what I'm gonna look at sticks." <laughs> What am, what am I going to... I was trying to figure out how you were making that connection there. Uh, because yes, Nene though, wasn't like, impressed. But it's like when someone's Dirt super excited sticks. about something, you want everyone else to be as excited about it as you are. But like, literally no but one's Jared, ever going to be nearly as excited. But like, the guy just wasn't... I was like, 
like, okay. He didn't itch your scratch, but you should have been enthusiastic for your friend, even if you were but it wasn't winning even like an they, Academy it's Award. It's not like they were dating. He was just talking about how attractive this person was. Oh, uh, okay. And then I felt like, oh, all right, sis. Well, if you like it, I love it. Exactly, honey. If you get your life, get your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was me last night. And then I told you earlier that I last night was a night where I like fell asleep too early, and then I was up until two yeah, o'clock. My sleep was wonky last night. I was too. up until two o'clock last night setting up the Christmas tree. Oh, but then I, I like pulled it out. I have a I have a fake Christmas tree, of course. Tree. So I was like stacking it and like you have to fluff it and all that crap. And then by the time it was like completely up, I was like too tired to decorate it and I yeah just didn't have the energy. that's typically like, oh, how it tomorrow. goes once you peel those branches back and all of that exactly stuff. so that was my very exciting night last night yeah. um getting yelled at by my friend and then setting up a christmas tree after you deserved it a, a late evening nap but your night i got on my phone <sighs> and i saw on the spotify i saw the spotify party happening in your yes. insta stories yes so as soon as i hop out of ryan's car i was with ryan we left Im- immediately from studio to just head that way. I don't know who Ryan is, by the way. We don't discuss... The sleigh gods. We don't know who that is on the show. And so what I thought was so serendipitous and funny is that as soon as I hop out of his car and get in line for this party, I ran into a classmate of mine that I literally grew up with. We've known each other since we were in fourth grade. So from Chicago. Yes. And he's like a manager of like top YouTube YouTube talent now and things like that. But what's so funny is we were at a holiday party in 2012 or 2013 and he actually planted the seed of the idea of me moving out here. Oh, really? Yeah, he's responsible. I, How I, so? I give, because he was suggesting I, I was wanting change and he just suggested Los Angeles and he was telling me back then to look in like the Silver Lake, Echo Park areas and uh-huh. things like that. But I have not physically seen him like aside from like social media, but like face to face since that party, that holiday party at our friend Karen's house years ago. Yeah. I uh, I feel like for me moving to LA was something that was always like in the back of my mind, and I just kind of thought to myself like one of these days I'm gonna move to LA, and then like the opportunity just presented itself, and I was yeah. like go for it, and that's what I did. And so I was I've always been really happy with the choice that I made to come. Yeah, but like it's a it's a very big move. Yeah, what was that move like for you when you got um, here? It was it was a big move. Yeah, that, that's the that's the most condensed way that I can put it. <laughs> Um, but I'm glad that I'm here. And then the party was full of like influencers and different talent. Like there was it was talent from reality shows. Some of our favorite Instagram or some of our favorite YouTubers were there. They had open bar. They had a hot chocolate bar, which you know that I mm, went to. You know hot chocolate with is some your Baileys, jam. and it had like white chocolate chips. Like it was like you dress it up. I didn't want any sprinkles or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. And they had the real whipped cream, like in the you, you know, know like a, the real. You whipped know, I cream. stand a real whipped cream. And they also had cocktails and small bites, and we just had a great, great, great time. It was fun. It was a cute little party. I Typical love that. Hollywood. Okay, very cute. And then um, any people that we would recognize there, because I know that's your job. Um, Amber Wagner was there. She is famous from Instagram as Just Living Baby. You know, she's the black girl with the long nails, and a lot of people have actually stolen her swag in their videos. But she was there. There was an actor. I don't watch Succession on HBO, mm-hmm. but Ryan does, and there was an actor there that he recognized um, and a few other people. It was a, a handful of, of other celebrities and influencers and things like that there. Kings, Kingsley was there. He's a YouTuber. And so, yeah, it was just, it was fun. 
I love that. I I feel like uh, part of what I love about living in LA is like you never know what's going to happen or where where you're going to end up. Like because yesterday you weren't even planning to go to the Spotify party. I was when you not. Got up. Yesterday was a long day for me. And then speaking of sleep, when I got home, I went immediately to to bed around eleven. But I was up at three thirty this morning. Why were you up so early? What's your deal? I just I could not. I I just woke up and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I caught up. I watched Kardashians. I watched Atlanta Housewives. Oh I watched my god! Shameless. I can talk to you about Kardashians. We've got to talk about that. Yeah, I caught up because Allie does not. She does not believe in a Kardashian, so we never end up talking about it. And I unapologetically, I I will watch. Now, I criticize... Because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Like I, I do, but but those women, you know, they shape Who are culture. You? <laughs> I'm just saying, I do criticize. I'm I'm, I'm a okay. fan, but they're not above reproach to me. Absolutely. Okay. Maybe we'll figure out where we can talk about that a little bit later in the show. But we've got a bunch of political news to catch up on a little bit later with Ken Charles from uh, KNX. He's going to join us, and um, also Sharp was really inspired by the uh, by the Monday Munch report, and she's found this list of food myths that we've all bought into. We'll talk about that. Plus, someone is boycotting the democratic debates but i don't know if you can if you can boycott something that you're not really excited for no one's excited to see you at and then dr jen is going to be joining us later talking about the five things that you need to agree with your significant other on all those things are coming up next don't go anywhere drop the subject the new channel q Welcome back to Drop the Subject. There has been so much to talk about politically speaking this morning that I I I felt like this morning when I woke up, I was like my head was kind of hurting just thinking about all of the different things there were to talk about because some of it is impeachment related, some of it is uh, just presidential politics related, and some of it is internationally related. So it's not even like you know here we do Trump around, we do drop the president, we right. do impeachment stuff. Like it's not even one of those things. It's kind of all of it's those like a cluster. Things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so want to get through uh, as many of the different things as we can uh, because I, I feel like it's important to know all of these different things are going on. So yesterday we talked briefly about. The Inspector General report coming out that basically was an investigation of the investigation Mm -hmm. uh, into Russia collusion that came out from Robert Mueller. And uh, basically, they were trying to determine whether or not the Russia investigation was a credible investigation, if the origins of the investigation were credible and all of that. Donald Trump has been saying for years that this was a witch hunt and that it shouldn't have been started. His and, favorite word. Exactly. Well, one of One of his many. One things. of the many, right. They one love, of the greatest didn't they, hits. Didn't they design merchandise around witch hunt? Oh, they've like, designed merchandise around everything that comes out of his mouth. It's ridiculous. And I think his son and, and, and his wife, one of the sons went as like the witch hunt for uh, Halloween this year. If oh, I'm not they, mistaken. Really? Yeah. Oh. What, like the wife was a witch and then the husband was like a hunter. Of course. And it was like a play on words. That's, that sounds about right. So... <laughs> Um, so uh, they were they basically have been saying that this that the investigation was fake. The inspector general's report is the D- Department of Justice investigating, you know, different departments within. And they were de- investigating the FBI. They came out with this lengthy report that said all of the origins of the, the report of the investigation were founded, mm-hmm. that there was no funny business. They, they did find in the report that the way that they go about investigating individuals like they need to update that process like it's a it's a bit muddy in that sometimes it, it doesn't necessarily work out the way that it's supposed to um Rachel Maddow made a point last night of, of indicating how it's a, it's ironic that the inspector general's report came out yesterday saying, you know, there was no, no Russia collusion on the same day that we are preparing to then get articles of impeachment right right like those kinds of things uh articles of impeachment where you know we were not quite sure if there was going to be some obstruction of justice stuff from the Mueller report and all those things then this morning we wake up to 
articles of impeachment that are coming from uh, Congress. And it's a big deal. I'm not convinced. And like, Shar, you follow politics less than I do. And I'm curious if how this lands to someone who is not like a political news junkie when you hear like there are articles of impeachment and this is going to be moving forward like how does that land to you well for me i have been keeping up with this but it's been it's been very uh what's the word i'm looking for very pick and choose because it seems like that there is a a surge of information constantly but because no action is being done it's kind of just something that sometimes i breeze over with still being aware but it's just like you know it seems like it seems like you get riled up for nothing well i was saying to my friends who are also political like news junkies yeah i I texted them this morning and i was just like i'm so tired of donald trump like i'm tired of like conversation about donald trump did this and then he did that and then there's impeachment and like i'm thinking if i'm getting burned out on it i'm wondering how people who are not politicos are feeling about it yeah or if they've been paying enough if they've been paying attention in a way that they would be burned out on it or if they've just been kind of tuning yeah i've been burnt out because keep in mind a lot of the programming that i watch like i watch maddow i watch the view yeah um it, it it can get exhausting. I'm not someone Absolutely. who can sit up and watch CNN or an MSNBC or anything like that all day. But uh, I find that from what I've seen, like just the landscape online, like you're either really, really, really into politics, like you mentioned, or you're not, or you're someone like me right. who who gets the footnotes of it. Or you're just so far removed from it. You're talking about, you know, like Lil Fizz, Omarion, and April and the from the Love Tour. and Hip Hop. Yeah. So, <laughs> Which, it, we'll get into that. It, okay. Yeah. So, uh, then this morning, as I said, the House Democrats came out and kind of announced what they were going to be doing as far as article visit, articles of impeachment are concerned. Um, House Democrats on Tuesday unveiled that they're going to be... Uh, Giving that they're going to be charging him uh, with committing high crimes and misdemeanors. There was this whole conversation around bribery as well mm-hmm. that doesn't seem to have made it into the uh, into the final articles that are here. And now, what's also interesting to me about this, they say Nadler said the articles of impeachment were being filed in response to Trump allegedly soliciting foreign interference uh, in the 2020 election, compromising national security, threatening the integrity of the upcoming election, and concealing evidence from Congress and the American people. Trump said he violated. They say um, that he violated his oath of office. We know that this is probably going to get voted on relatively soon in Congress. But as a as a person who is a little less political than me, um, does this how do you feel about this as a voter? Like, I mean, I know you're not a Trump supporter, but like, do you feel like this kind of positions you to to feel any kind of way about the upcoming election or your? No, I'm just fearful of the upcoming election. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'd vote for if if a Reebok shoe could get Donald Trump out of office, I'm voting for that Reebok shoe. Okay, so or that, an Adidas shoe with a, that yeah. Ivy Park logo I'm, on it. Listen, that's that's just where I'm at with it right now, and so I'm I guess I'm waiting for the decisions to be made. I'm kind of I appreciate all of the talking and 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 the chit chat surrounding the impeachment hearings, but it can get a little stale, honestly. Okay, well we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I'm gonna try to explain to you what the USMCA agreement is. Uh, it's kind of a big deal and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get through those waters and then also Char's got this list of the food myths that apparently (laughs) we've all fallen for and it's kind of a read on all of us so uh, that's coming up next drop the subject the new channel Q 
Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are uh, in the middle of some political news here, c- talking about the whirlwind of different things that have been going on in uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, dealing with the Trump administration and with Congress. And so we were just talking about the articles of impeachment that just came out, uh, the Inspector General report, but also this morning, an hour after announcing the uh, articles of impeachment, Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats also announced that they were going to be working with the Trump administration on what's called the USMCA. Uh, that's the United States. States-Mexico-Canada agreement. It's a trade agreement that Donald Trump has been very adamant about trade and like um, slapping tariffs on everyone and all yeah, kinds of things like that. Yeah, those tariffs have been damaging to a lot of people. Exactly. And so uh, this actually was an interesting thing to come out this morning because it was literally within minutes or within an hour of of the articles of impeachment. This coming from Axios. It says, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the House Ways and Means Committee uh, Chairman Richard Neal uh, announced on Tuesday that House Democrats plan to back the USMCA. They say this matters because it's completing the trade deal designed to replace NAFTA, um, one of Donald Trump's biggest policy goals of 2019. Democrats' decision to back it um, highlights how they want to they want something to bring home to their constituents uh, in 2020. And uh, Nancy Pelosi spoke this morning. Good morning, everyone. This is a day we've all been working to uh, and working for on the path to yes. Uh, we were in range for a while, uh, but until we could cross a certain threshold of enforcement for our workers' rights, for environment, and for the prescription drug issue, as you know, they were three of the areas uh, that we had put out there. I want to thank our chairman, Richie Neal, chair of the, the Ways and Means Committee. The a- so I saw this this morning and I was I was really wondering how this works politically for Democrats because this is also like giving Donald Trump a bit of a win. But I've been fascinated by some of the analysis I've seen from other folks and they're saying this is actually really great for Democrats because it shows that they can go through the impeachment process mm-hmm. and also still be working on things. Um, Which is a courtesy that's rarely if ever shown from the other side. Well, I mean, the Nancy Pelosi was talking in a uh, town hall last week and she said that you know people keep saying that you know what are Democrats getting done what are Democrats getting done the House has passed over 400 bills uh, since coming wow. into office this year uh, and all of those are just kind of like sitting you know metaphorically on the desk of Mitch McConnell yeah and they've not done anything 200 and I believe more than 250 of them are bipartisan bills that have been worked on by okay. Republicans and Democrats and Mitch McConnell's not moving on anything the Equality Act is included in those 400 uh, things no, why do you think he's not moving? Do you think it's because they're bipartisan? Well, he's not moving on anything because he doesn't want to give Democrats any kind of a win. He doesn't want to give anybody. Uh, he doesn't want to really give any kind of uh, a signal that Democrats are doing anything good. Right. He wants to just right. kind of stonewall everything. Mitch McConnell's whole his whole MO really on how he operates is if I can't do whatever I want, I'm not going to do anything. And you'll remember in 2016 indicative of the culture. Well, in 2016, you know, you'll remember they wouldn't, you know, even hear a, a a Supreme court candidate. And they said, you know, well, it's an election year and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, everyone knows that should we lose another Supreme court justice, whether they retire or pass away or whatever, Mitch McConnell would immediately go into trying to set another Supreme court justice during an election year in direct contradiction to what he did last year. That's why we got to keep our BG lifted in our prayers. Listen, we got to keep her lifted up. We got to keep her surrounded. We got to keep her covered. And Nancy, don't mess with me. Pelosi. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, We got to take a quick break. When we come back, Shar has this, 
this list that I'm worried about because I feel like it's going to read me and her. Uh, Just a Tip Tuesday is coming up next. All right. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Um, Char, I know you and I keep talking about this off the air. And yesterday we had this Lizzo story about her having her ass all out. But if you love the antics of Lizzo, you've got to go to WeAreChannelQ.com right now because you've got a chance to win uh, tickets to go to Lizzo's concert on New Year's Eve. Uh, that includes hotel, airfare, and a meet and greet with Lizzo. If you go to wearechannelq.com right now, you've got your chance to win these tickets uh, for your New Year's Eve of your dreams, realistically. I feel like you doing a meet and greet with Lizzo, I feel like both of y'all will probably be twerking in an Insta story. I mean, listen, maybe I need to get me a t-shirt dress uh, with the backside no, cut out and the I don't think anybody thong. needs to do that. Listen, Lizzo and I would have a good time. <laughs> I feel like... I Just feel don't like, photograph me. Liz, okay, fair enough, fair enough. But I feel like the Insta story would be pretty lit, and it would have some kind of great filter and everything. I can imagine yes, you and Lizzo one of my it. college classmates does her hair and is a background dancer for her, so... Oh, cute. I'm sure I have that that advantage. I'm sure you would have that going <laughs> for you. Okay, go to wearechannelq.com for more information on how you can win. All of this fantasticness also includes a $1,000 shopping spree to Dia & Co., which, who doesn't want a $1,000 shopping spree really to anywhere? I would okay. take a $1,000 shopping spree to the family dollar. To the Home but Depot. Like, <laughs> exactly. Uh, go to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win. All right. Char, we're gonna we're gonna touch on this a little bit because then we got to get to uh, a little bit more music, and then at the top of the hour we're gonna jump into this list of the food myths that apparently all of us have fallen for already. Yeah. So a recent survey was conducted uh, amongst millennials, and mm, I'll have to say is from thinking that you know a swallowing a seed will cause you know the watermelon to grow in your stomach to the five second rule to eating carrots okay, to enhance night vision. The watermelon seed thing is ridiculous. The five second rule. That, I feel like most people do kind of go by that, right? Well, we'll have to wait and see. What do you think about the carrots? (laughs) What about the carrots? You know how they say carrots will enhance vision. Oh, yeah. I've always heard that because of vitamin something in it. Okay. Oh, you're just going to leave me like that? Yeah, I'm going to leave you just like that because when we come back, we're we're digging all up into these myths. I I don't appreciate that you just deep teased me. Well, you asked for it. Okay. All of these things are coming up (laughs) next in Just a Tip Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, Char. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. Allie is out right now, but we have uh, we are in great hands with Char Jocelle joining us. We're going to talk to you right now about this food list that we've been talking about for a little bit here. Apparently, for Just a Tip Tuesday, you were really inspired by the Monday Munch report because I was. apparently there's all these food myths that a lot of them aren't even tr- – they're myths that we've been buying into. So tell me about what, yes. what we've been getting wrong. I thought this was fascinating. Now, I, this is according to the New York Post, a new survey of 2,000 millennials. You know millennials are people aged 23 to 38. Right. Um, we're asked about a variety of food myths, and it – Turns out that 44% of respondents currently or previously believed a myth about food. Now, some of the myths, the top myths are gum takes seven years to digest when swallowed. I've always heard that when I was a kid and I was like, that doesn't even make any sense at all. Yeah. But I never, I heard it as well, but I never questioned it. I just believed it because gum is so, it can be such a nuisance if you're not chewing it. So, like if it gets on, on like clothing or yeah, like hair. hair so sure. it's believable for a digestive system. <laughs> um, the, the second okay. of which is frozen and canned fruits and vegetables are always less healthy. 
Oh, interesting. Well, because I always think of them as having more like sodium or something in them. You would think. Yeah. Everyone should drink eight glasses of water per day. That's not true. You, listen, we're getting to it, Jarrett. Oh, wait, you're just teasing me with all of yes. these? Yes, and the, the five-second rule, and then last but not least, fat-free and low-fat foods are always better for you than the full-fat versions. Now, th- those are the top myths. Now, mom was mo- was the one that was most likely to spread these food myths with 65% of, uh, of the time, followed by dad at 57% of the time, or an older sibling at 44% of the time. But to be clear, the older sibling heard that from mom or dad. Yes. Yes. Or just is trolling you because I used to troll my little sisters with things that I didn't even hear from my mom and dad. It was just me. I used to do crazy <laughs> food things for my sisters like right. bake uh, bake cornbread and put pudding on the Wait, cornbread. What? This is something that I really did. Put pudding on the cornbread and make them think it was cupcakes. You are trash. Or take an egg That's yolk. That's a lot of work. Beat an egg yolk and serve it as orange juice. Oh yes, I used oh, to no, be evil. awful. Well, yeah, they used to get on my nerves dealing with two little girls. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and so... Oh yeah, I just read that. And the average millennial who believed food myths outgrew it, outgrew them by their early te- teens. Now that doesn't mean that they don't act on them. Sixty-eight percent are more likely to believe a food myth if it aligns with what they already believe about food. With only twenty-eight percent finding experts to be a useful source on food. Um, information. Now, what I thought was interesting with this next one was with MSG. Now, what do you know about MSG? So, I've heard that MSG was a terrible thing for the longest time. And then about within the last year, I've heard that MSG has never actually been a problem. That there's actually some racist element against uh, Asian folks um, that came out about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About like this man who created this myth about MSG to be able to kind of that's a whole other story. Keep us out of of the uh, getting orange chicken. Yeah, it was like, I have to go back and find it. but But MSG, like like they were like, it's actually a real problem. It's something that was like completely. Fabricated. Yeah, I was always believed. I was always, you know, uh, subscribed to the belief that MSG will kill you. Right, because everything you... has no MSG, no MSG. Yes, and it's like, yes. what is that? Now, thirteen percent of millennials currently believe MSG is bad for them. Six in ten millennials still avoid eating food with MSG. But like you just mentioned, Jared, ain't nothing wrong with a little MSG. <laughs> But you know what's funny? A lot of people don't even know what MSG is. And that's where I felt like, oh, they're dragging me because I don't even know if it's like an acronym or or if it's like a, a chemistry code. Like, so I don't know what it stands for. It stands for monosodium glutamate. Okay. So now that just clears everything up, right? Oh, yes. I, I, I can see clear as day now. Thank <laughs> it's you, It's a Jared. flavor enhancer used in processed foods such as canned soup that's coming from Men's Health. There you go. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, the final statistic, 74% didn't know what MSG stood for. I'm in that number. Same. And uh, 59% didn't know that MSG has less sodium than table salt. Oh, interesting. See, 54% were aware that MSG is a seasoning used to enhance the flavor of food. So those are just some of the top. uh, So all of these things are not not actually true like we believe them but they're not actually true yes so gum does not take seven years to digest frozen food frozen fruits and vegetables are not always less healthy fat free and low fat foods are not always better for you than the full fat versions interesting because you know there's a whole bunch of like different like substitutes and flavoring things and and red 
food coloring number well, five. Because we talked about that yesterday, how like the the Beyond and Impossible and all these. How like, you have to pick your poison, right? Because yes, it might be you know plant based, but there's so much other stuff in it that right. you might as well just have the meat, right? And you know, go with whatever's in that. That's so interesting. And I remember that they did this study, well, a similar study uh, with this with sodas. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes a, a regular Coca Cola. It will have less sugar than maybe a Diet Coke. You right. know what I'm saying? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so I need to. I'm really gonna have to uh, find this MSG story and like and get in, into the bottom of what's I, that's true the about most MSG. hilarious part to me because I'm like, who thinks about MSG? Like, exactly. We, no one's sitting we around like have our beliefs girl, on I've been it. Looking out for my MSG. Yeah. My doctor told me. No, they didn't. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, there's a brand new website called The Factual, uh, and they have like this whole perspective on bringing you news that is uh, that is like discerning. Basically, they they'll kind of show you how much of it is accurate, how much of it is left or right leaning. It's a very interesting new thing. Uh, the creator of The Factual is gonna join us in just a moment. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, Drop the Subject is all the way live. I'm Jarrett. Uh, Allie is uh, out of town right now over in Asia, so I'm joined by the illustrious Sharjah So. Okay, illustrious. You like that? Yes. That was just for you. Um, okay, I'm really excited about this because uh, I've known this next guest for a little while. We've uh, chatted over the, uh, the course of a number of years for this plan that he's been developing, this this website, this idea, this this concept that he's had. Um, and it's called The Factual. I want to bring Arjun Morthy on the air. Hey, Arjun. Uh, hi, Jared. How's it going? Very well, thank you. Um, you've created something called The Factual, and I'm not going to try and butcher the idea. Um, I'll let you explain what The Factual is. Sure. Um, so the Factual is a news ratings uh, service. So we rate the credibility of news automatically using a computer, and we find the biggest news topics every day and deliver that combination to readers every day. So we have a newsletter that comes out every day, and you can find the biggest topics and the most credible stories on each topic uh, easily. What I love about it is you guys actually, in your email every day, you show how factual each story is with a percentage. You show how left-leaning or right-leaning things are. Kind of explain why that's been important. Yeah, so... You know, we spend a lot of time talking to people about their news habits and what they like and dislike. And what we've heard very consistently are two problems. The first is people are just overwhelmed by the news. It's just too much. It's, uh, they can't keep up with it. It's exhausting. Um, and then the second is that they're frustrated that so much of it is opinionated and biased and they don't know what to trust. So we put the two together and said, okay, that's what we're trying to solve here. So with each article, we individually rate them for uh, credibility based on things that we already associate with high-quality news. So we look at um, how well evidenced and researched an article is, if the author is an expert, they've written a lot about this topic before, write exclusively about it, um, if they're very opinionated and inflammatory in their writing style, or if they're trying to be factual and convey a lot of information, um, if the site's reputable, etc. What's so wild to me is that this I've seen like examples of this concept. Like I love that it that that you all have developed this into like a daily email because I've seen like detailed um detailed I guess like little bullet points about content like this like on YouTube like they'll compare like a ABC News special report to a Fox News special oh, yeah. report on the same topic right? and it examines the you wish the you biases. could have that information in the moment when you're seeing something. Y- yes and I find it fascinating because I feel like 
in undergrad, if you major in journalism, one of the key components that they kind of like beat out of you is removing your bias from your reporting. But things have, like you just mentioned, they've gotten so salty that people do kind of they can slide in biases that people do not uh, always catch. So this this seems very beneficial. I we always had this debate uh, within NABJLA, the National Association of Black Journalists of Los Angeles, uh, and the vice president Shar is uh, is a member with us, and like we're always having this conversation about whether or not. Um, there is like this, this, the truth in like being objective uh, and reporting it. I don't believe that there's like such a, a thing as being completely objective because yeah, me you always approach your story from your own, your own perspective. Um, but I think it's important to be able to say like this story leans kind of to the left or leans kind of to the right. And so Arjun, tell me about the feedback that you all have been getting from the work that you're doing. Yeah. So the feedback has been very positive and really hits on the points that uh, Jared and, and Yushar made, which is, Look, the reality is all news has some bias uh, because we all write from our point of view. Even our, the stories we select indicate our bias. Um, and that's okay. It's not a bad thing. But if you're the consumer, what you want are multiple perspectives on a topic because that's the only way you can really understand it. What, what are all these different types of viewpoints? What are all the different uh, angles that I need to understand? And so aggregating those different perspectives in a simple way, exactly what you said, Charles. Like when you're when you sort of see the ABC News, you want right then and there the Fox. That's mm-hmm. what we try to do. We juxtapose these different viewpoints, so it's really easy. We give you little bullet points because we know, look, no one's going to actually go and read two or three articles on every topic. Forget about that. So we'll give them a few bullet points if they read so one they have article what they on one thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so talk to me about when, because I feel like when you start talking about facts and all that kind of stuff, somehow in the last you know number of years, that's become something that is seen as bipart as by as partisan. Um, how do you address like how partisan some of that stuff can be, and, and and is there feedback to you guys that that feels partisan to to some people? Yeah, there's no question that uh, I mean the feedback is that so much of it is partisan, and and people are right about that. What I think is really amazing about what we've built, and a total surprise, to be honest, is that our algorithm basically ends up surfacing content from all these specialist news sites that really, really focus on a topic. Because we're rating, you know, essentially, are you an expert? Do you write a lot on this topic? Uh, is it super well-researched and evidence, et cetera? And what happens is that the Internet has allowed a lot of news sites to flourish that hyper-focus on one topic. Mm-hmm. And many of these sites will beat the uh, the big names on topics. So, you know, we initially, when we are building, we are like, oh, big deal, you know, we'll just see a lot of New York Times or Wall Street Journal, whoop-de-doo. But it turns out that's not what happened. Those sites rate all right, they're not bad, but on every little topic, I'll find like some niche site that is really well done. And there are actually a lot of names that you would even recognize. So, you know, on science, for example, you would expect Scientific American and National Geographic to beat Broad Street Publications. Mm-hmm. On uh, legal stuff, there's a site called Lawfare Blog. That's amazing. There's, um, for foreign policy, good grief, there's one called War on the Rocks. Phenomenal. I mean, super right. deep. So all these sites really are much better. When you, when you read it, you're like, clearly this person is more factual than what I'm used to seeing. I see. So, okay, we got to go. But tell everyone where they can get uh, into your newsletter that comes out every single morning. Yeah, just go to thefactual.com and sign up for the newsletter. That's it. Awesome. All right, check out thefactual.com. I'll be signing up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Arjun, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more Drop the Subject. Don't go anywhere. Drop the Subject presents... 
News it or lose it. All right, Char. As I always say, this is where democracy gets to reign here on Drop the Subject. Uh, you've got three stories. I've got three votes, and we'll see how many stories that people get uh, coming up next. What you got? So I want to first say that I'm Shar Hall today as a Excuse nod me. to Tamron Hall. It's, yes, Shar Hall is joining us Thank for News It or Lose It. I'm Thank so you. sorry for, for messing that up on you. So my first story, bodybuilder proposes to sex doll after getting it plastic surgery. Girl, what? Not himself. It, the doll. You have such a big smile on your face and you're excited about this story, so I'm going to r- let it rock news I it. Just, you know, I'm not trying to yuck anyone's yum, but what is going on? <laughs> um, my next story is California Bride has been sentenced to five years for trying to rip off a wedding site. Oh, okay. Yes, I'll do that. Mine are all like... Legal today, yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then what's your last one? My last story, just one of the craziest, but I don't want to influence you, so you choose. Oh, oh, you can't set me up like that and then be like, but I don't want to influence you. I don't. It's just, it's wild. What you got? A social media influencer was sentenced to 14 years in prison for plotting to hijack a website at gunpoint during a home invasion. And that is just the tip of that iceberg. Okay, well, in that case, I'm going to have to news it, and that means you've gotten a three. There you go. You're about to see How do you feel? the number I of the day is since I've been three. filling in. So that's the number. You got a three out I'm of no, three. I'm no stranger to three out of three. Okay, you know what? That'll be the last three out of three that you ever get now <laughs> that you didn't did me like that. All right, we'll take a quick break. News of the Losers coming up next. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. All right, Char, you got your your last three for three out of me. Um, <laughs> after all the gloating, uh, Char just got a three for three and Char Hall. Lose it. Uh, Char Hall, excuse me. Thank um, you. Shout out to Tamron Hall. Uh, before we get into your first story, though, I want to uh, give you all an alert, and we'll be kind of following it as we go forward. Um, there's a, a story coming out of New Jersey or Jersey City, excuse me, um, that multiple officers have been shot in an active shooter situation. Um, the NYPD um, is closely monitoring the situation, according to CNN. Uh, Bill de Blasio, the mayor of New York City, has said that they are closely monitoring the ongoing situation uh, in Jersey City and stand by ready to assist in any way that they can, um, asking for help um, for our neighbor, their neighbors in Jersey City, um, uh, keeping all of them in your thoughts. And obviously, want to shout out to um, all of our, our friends and listeners and all of the folks that are a part of uh, first responding there in Jersey City that are also, you know, we channel cues there as well. So. Okay, uh, we'll keep you updated on that story. Shar, what you got for me? Well, this seems off base after that report. Well, we're, we're going to make a hard left turn. Yes, and- a, a very hard one. So after eight months of dating, a man named Yuri Toloko, I hope I pronounced that right. He's based in Kazakhstan. Well, anyway, after eight months of dating, he just recently proposed to his girlfriend. Her name is Margot. And Margot is not a living, breathing, actual person. Margot is a Come silicone again. sex doll. Uh, okay, wait, 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 hold on. When you say eight months of dating, 
I don't. They don't go into detail. I just want to know what that means. Like, are they going out to dinner and stuff like that? Well, she does have an Instagram. I can't give out the handle right now because I don't know how to pronounce it. It's in a different language. Okay. But I'm sure we can put it on Twitter or whatever. I'll send sure. shoot you the link for DTS show. Okay. Um, but anyway, so he treats his plastic bride to be like a living lady. And like I said, he maintains an Instagram for her, but he document documents their escapades and evenings out. I have he, so many he, other questions. Wait, so they're going to have a wedding? Like, yes. With the family? Yes, they're getting married. And the family's going to... Okay, go ahead. I'm he sorry. even claims that Margot has an occupation. She is a waitress at a local bar. What? Um, which is quite the feat considering her physical limitations. Now, he's quoted as saying he was recently on um, a show for a central European news network. And his quote is, she can't walk by herself. She needs help. You don't say. You don't say. Okay. She's not very helpful in the kitchen. He also went on to say Margot does not know how to cook, but he claims that she knows how to eat. My God. Now, that can be a double entendre. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So, moving on, though. Because you also have, before we have to go, you have the story about this uh, wedding website scam? Yeah. So, there was a bride in California Uh that uh, just recently got sentenced up to five years because she scammed this uh, wedding website named The Knot out of thousands of dollars with a phony trip and a fall. Now, her name is Vermita Miller. She's a 37-year-old actress who booked her wedding reception in Glendale in October 2016 through the site, along with a $10,000 event cancellation insurance policy. She later claimed that she tripped on her wedding dress, leading to a serious injury, I would have to cancel the event. The bride then used the bogus medical records to submit the insurance claim and received uh, the $10,000 check. But weeks later, she reported to the site insurer that the $10,000 check was stolen See, and sent a copy to the pol- for a police report. Now, this is where she went wrong, right? You, you scammed. Then you got greedy because either I don't believe that she lost this check. I think that she was trying to scam them to get more money. She, of course, she didn't lose it. It was it, a false report. Yes, and so that's really where she went wrong. And I the just, medical reports were fraudulent. And just to wrap this up, she was ordered to pay twenty two thousand five hundred dollars in restitution on top of her five year prison sentence. That's what she gets for felony insurance fraud. I'm so mad at this. Like. Was it I, worth it, sis? I guess the thing that I hate about it the most is that it's one of our people. Yeah, it's, how it's could you tell a, that she was one of us? I looked at it. I looked at it, and Ramita like her, Miller, her mugshot. <laughs> her mugshot. I was just like, oh no, she's one of us. All right, uh, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, you've got this social media influencer that's going to jail for fourteen Child years. The ghetto. All right, don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. Coming right back. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, Char. So you have another story about some ridiculousness happening on the social media, where apparently some guy was ready to fight somebody over getting a domain name. So it's much deeper so, than fighting. Okay. Oh, okay. There were guns present. I just, I don't. Okay, go ahead. So a social media influencer who, much like you with Brother Nature, I had never heard of. First before. of all, how dare you? His, how dare you? I mean, you had never heard of Brother Nature. And I'd I'd heard never the heard the name. Of, I just didn't know him. Okay, convince Hope, because you certainly won't be convincing Emmy, myself, or oh, anyone it's Hope. else. I hate you so much. It's <laughs> a line from NeNe Leakes. Anyway, Anyway, this guy's name is Rossi Lothario Adams II. And what's so disappointing of about this... Of course, that's his name. He's not 
unattractive. Oh, I hate But he's trifling. Oh, okay. Um, and he's from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And he received a sentence on Monday after he was found guilty after one of uh, guilty of one count of conspiracy to interfere with commerce by force, threats, vi- and violence. And this is according to a statement from the U.S. Attorney's Office with the Northern District of Iowa. So his, I guess his social media name is Polo, and he founded a social media company named State Snaps back in 2015. Pause, is this one of us, too? Yes. When he was enrolled as a student at Iowa State University. Now, his social media accounts and platforms, such as Snapchat, Instagram, and Twitter, had over a million followers at one point. The site's content included videos... And photos of, quote, young adults engaged in crude behavior, drunkenness, and nudity, according to a statement. Followers of State Snaps used the slogan, quote, do it for state. And that's when um, Adams, he wanted to purchase this domain named doitforstate.com to expand his company. Now, here's where the problem lies. Someone, of course, already had the domain. Okay. They just so happened to be in the same town around the same area as him. It's registered through uh, GoDaddy. Uh-huh. And so in June of 2017, Adams drove his cousin, Sherman Hopkins Jr., oh, to no. the home of the domain owner. Sherman Hopkins has got to be one of us, too. Hopkins is a convicted felon. They broke into this man's home with a cell phone, stolen gun, and taser while wearing pantyhose on his head and dark sunglasses. What? He also had a note uh, from Adams to the domain. This is not funny, but this is just wild to me that all of this is happening over a domain name. Right. Like, my God. Oh, he could have been .net. Like, Wait, did, did you he have even to do dot, did he, he even dot co? <laughs> did he reach out to him to even try and buy it? Yes. Yeah, so he had reached, and this guy was basically like, no, kind of okay. like you know how people are with Twitter names. I want, I always want Jarrett. Um, yeah. But like someone else has Jarrett and they're not even using it on Instagram. But like I would want it everywhere and it's not available everywhere. It's right. just That's like me with Char. Some yeah. woman named Sharon has at Char on Twitter. And she's not even using it. Yeah, but my brand is Char says so. Yeah, so. But at fine. Char would be cute. Yeah. Um, like Naomi Campbell did on at Instagram. Na- she, she ended at up, Naomi? Yeah, she ended up getting her, um, getting the name. I think she purchased it from a woman. Some people will make you buy Naomi it. Campbell. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, Hopkins held the gun to the domain on owner's head and pistol whipped him several times before the man was able to gain control of the gun. Now, during the struggle, the man was shot in the leg before he shot Hopkins multiple times in the the chest. You cannot be serious. I kid you not. This is all over a dot com. Hopkins survived. And keep in mind, Hopkins is the cousin. He survived the shooting and was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Adams was convicted in April and was sentenced to 168 months in federal prison. This just happened on Monday. And he's been ordered to pay $9,000 in restitution, nearly $4,000 or prosecution costs and $22,000 in attorney fees as a part of his sentence. My God. All that when he could have just paid an extra $12.99 to he get dot, a dot, dot net. Dot co, dot net. There's so many different dots. I cannot believe that this man just threw his life away. He and his cousin. How do you even persuade your cousin who's a convicted felon? You're supposed to be out and, and trying to live a, 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 a better life. life. Yeah. Over a website. Oh, gosh. Um, well, while we're talking about websites. I guess websites, it's real in these streets. While we're talking about websites, you can go to wearechannelq.com, a URL we were able to get here. Uh, wearechannelq.com <laughs> for more information on how you can win a trip for two to Vegas with airfare, hotel, tickets, and a meet and greet with Lizzo. It's a fantastic New Year's Eve event that includes a $1,000 shopping spree to Dia & Co. All that is on our website right now. Go to wearechannelq.com. We'll be right back with Drop the President. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q.
Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. Allie is out right now, but Char Jocelle, who was earlier Char Hall. Yes. Shouting out to Tamron Hall for News It or Lose It. Yes, but I'm back. <laughs> Char Jocelle, uh, a.k.a. Char Navarro. There we go. Uh, Char Navarro. Shout out to Anna Navarro <laughs> on The View. There's a lot of Shars happening here. I it's know. almost borderline personality disorder. I know. Listen. Um, <laughs> there's so much happening in uh, politics. Earlier, we talked about the USMCA agreement that came out today, the articles of impeachment that followed the impeachment hearings, Mm -hmm. uh, so much happening in D.C., but also there's a lot happening in the presidential campaigns. So it's time for us to drop the president. Drop the president. So I teased this story a little bit earlier because uh, there's someone that is, you know, basically... I was going to say threatening to boycott, but they've now been explicitly clear that they plan to not attend the next uh, Democratic debate, which will be on December 19th. This candidate, though, I don't think anybody cares that they're not going to be there. It's kind of ridiculous to me. The candidate... No one likes you. No one is like... But you know what? Before you announce who this candidate is, I was at the club a few weeks ago. Like, literally, the club in West Hollywood. Now I'm wondering where the story is going. And no, someone had on a, 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 a cap... Oh, really? With this candidate's name on it for 2020. And I said, that's random as heck. Well, at least somebody sold a piece of that merchandise. We're talking about Tulsi Gabbard, the story coming from USA Today. They say she stated on Monday that she won't be attending the Democratic uh, debate on the the 19th. They say to qualify for the matchup on the 19th, which is the final debate of the year, candidates must receive 4% or more support in at least four different polls. They say um, those national polls include uh, early voting states of Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada. Candidates could also meet the polling criteria by hitting 6% support in two single-state polls in early voting states. They say, additionally, candidates need to get at least 200,000 unique donors, which is a lot of different people. However, this long in the game, you've got to be getting some donors um, across the country and, you know, in high numbers if you think you're going to be getting voters come primary mm-hmm. season. Well, Gabbard has met the donor threshold and needs just one more poll to qualify for the December stage. But according to USA Today... She's not here for it. On Twitter, she said, for a number of reasons, I've decided not to attend the December 19th, quote, debate. She put that in quotes. I, I noticed that. I'm like, what is what is that well, about? Well, I bet I could guess that that's about her feeling like she doesn't get enough time to speak and that there's way too many people on the oh, stage. Yeah. Um, she says, regardless of whether or not there are qualifying polls, basically indicating that she should be indicated, um, that she'd be uh, qualified. She says, I instead choose to spend that precious time directly meeting with and hearing from the people of New Hampshire and South Carolina. Um, the, so she de- she's deciding to hit the ground. I. But will okay. the people in South Carolina and New Hampshire come out care, to see her? I was about to say, care to hear what she has to say. Hell to the no. What's interesting to me about this is the deadline for qualifying for the debate is on Thursday. I think this is a way of safeguarding yourself from being shut out and looking like you didn't qualify. Has this ever happened before? What, someone boycotting? Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I was going to say Donald Trump actually pulled this last in the presidential uh, yet elections an- yet last year. another thing they have in common. Well, well <laughs> Don't even get me started on that, uh, because there are plenty of people who say that the two of them are Russian assets. Um, yes. But he did, he pulled this stunt. But like Donald Trump was able to pull that because he has such name ID, right? Like he has yeah. w- one of the big things that happened in the last election that uh, was such an influencer of how of public sentiment was. They both had almost one hundred percent name ID. Yes, Tulsi Gabbard. 
you might not recognize her if she was walking next to you in the, in the grocery store. You know? so, sorry to that woman. <laughs> if she didn't I have hope on, I don't sound ridiculous. <laughs> if she didn't have on a white suit and that hair wasn't done, you might not know it was Tulsi Gabbard. Um, they say the Hawaiian representative, uh, without evidence, claimed the DNC and corporate media were trying to hijack the election. Gabbard has continually criticized the DNC for its debate qualification criteria, including the fact that it only recognizes certain pollsters as counting toward the minimum polling threshold. Jared, I think, I think you're right on this. One. I think your prediction is right. Well, she, I think she might be the next to step down, but for optics purposes, she's drumming this whole narrative up. She's trying to make some noise. Well, I mean, she's going to have to throw in the towel. That's what I'm thinking. They, she's got to figure out something like to kind of make some some attention. But I, I said this to Ali before after the last debate. Um, there's plenty of conversation about Tulsi Gabbard, why she's running, or what her background is, and I'm not at all saying that I think she's a Russian asset or not. Like I don't know that. Like there's, I can't know that. Um, um, but I will say that Tulsi Gabbard, we will have a, a lot more clarity on what her real intentions are if when the primaries are over and she doesn't win a single state if she runs as a third party candidate. If she runs as a third party like candidate. Jill Stein, third party? Like Jill Stein or, or Nader or Nadler. Libertarian? Or Nader, Nader. Like Jedediah Bila? <laughs> Not exactly, <laughs> but like, but what what will be interesting is to see if she plans to run as a third party candidate because it will show that she's not really running about winning because no third party candidate, especially Tulsi Gabbard, is going to win. She's really trying to break up the vote, mm-hmm. and uh, that is going and to hijack be, the election. It, Exactly. Right. So that is going to be an um, indicator to a lot of different people what her real motives are here and why she's doing what she's doing. So I'm going to be looking out for that. Um, Do you have a favorite in the race right now? I do. Okay. Who's your favorite? I'm not saying. You're not going to say? I'm not going to say, but I have an idea of who I'm voting for as of now. And what is that based on? Um, It's based on everything that this candidate has laid out. Okay. Um, no candidate is perfect. I do want to say that. Yes. But this specific candidate, it's everything that they have uh, laid out. And I like ev- typically like everything that they have to say. I look forward to hearing from them throughout the debates and, and news headlines and things that they have to say. But you also said that you would vote for a Reebok shoe in the general. I would. I would vote for anything. To. I would vote for Scooby-Doo in the general <laughs> if that meant that Donald Trump was leaving office. Not Scooby-Doo. If that meant that the majority was voting for Scooby. I am imagining him like touring through Iowa in the mystery machine and just yeah. thinking about how problematic he- that could I'm be. I'm here for it. <laughs> More about the subject. Dr. Jen Mann's going to be joining us right after this, talking about the five things that you have to agree with your significant other on if you think your relationship is ever going to work. That's but coming up next. Who's what? your favorite? You oh, my favorite? mine, but who's yours? I, you totally just caught me off guard. Um, I don't have a favorite. I'm not, I'm not mm. deciding who I'm going to vote for. I liked Kamala, but wasn't sure I was ready to vote for her. Okay. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Dr. Jen Mann's coming up next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. I'm Jarrett. Ali is out. Shar is in. And another one of our faves is here as well. All of you all at one time. Dr. Jen is joining us. Hey, Dr. Jen. Hey. All right. So we're going to jump right in. We've got this letter um, from your InStyle um, article that's called Hump Day that comes out on Wednesdays. And here's the letter. It says... I get that we all have to be flexible in a relationship, but are there some things that we should not negotiate on? I'm not talking about deal breaker bad behavior, but bigger issue stuff. How do you know when someone is really never going to be the right choice for long term? I felt like this question is so good. And like, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the questions I always ask myself, like, is this a deal breaker? Is this just like a yellow flag? Or is this something I just really need to be concerned about? How do you figure those things out? 
And I think that it's such a great question and such a difficult question because it's almost easier when you have someone who is just such a jerk, like such a schmuck that you're like, oh, I don't know if I can stay in this. I'm miserable. Or your friends are going like, don't bring this person around anymore. This is a mess. We're rooting for you to break up. It's painful because you're attached and you don't want to leave, sometimes even when it's a good thing to leave. But this, we're talking about really people who just have significant differences. You may love each other. You may get along. Maybe the sex is great. Maybe the friendship is great. But there are five key things that I always look at that are really non-negotiables. And if you can't see eye to eye on these things, if you're not on the same page, then it's it's not going to work for the long term. And the the first one of them is monogamy. Number one is Char's, is a big one for Char, being monogamy. Yes. Yes. That's a huge one for me. That's top tier. Yeah, that it's like, you know, you can try to talk someone into an open relationship or try to talk someone into monogamy or anything in between. And if it's not what they really want and they feel coerced, they feel pressured, they say yes when they really don't want whatever you've agreed upon, it's not going to work out. It's going to be messy. It's Mm -hmm. going to be painful and it's going to be ugly. Um, okay, so the second part is marriage. And that you say that this is a really important thing for you to agree on with your partner. And it's something that if it's really important to you and your partner really doesn't want it, it's not going to work. I've seen all too many people end up in relationships where typically the one who wants marriage becomes so resentful that that resentment leaks out into other areas of the relationship. And it just Mm. starts to poison the relationship because that's the kind of thing that if it's something that is important to you, it tends to be very, very important. I don't know many people, especially people who have never been married, where they're like lukewarm on it. Like it's something that if you want, it's, it's likely to be very, very important to you on a core heart level and if your partner's not into it then it's it's not a go it's interesting that you say this because marriage is one of those things that i say that i could go either direction on depending on who i'm dating or who i'm in a relationship with because like marriage isn't something that i'm super committed to the idea of being really important to me but if i'm with someone who marriage is something that is a is an important uh, i guess measure for them then I'd be happy to be married I dated someone before who if we hadn't gotten married within like two or three years I'd have been side-eyeing like okay so what's up here yeah but I've also dated someone else who if we dated for you know 50 years and never got married I would have been completely fine with that and so it just kind of depends on the partner because I always say that marriage for me is one of those things that all of the reasons I want to be married are all the reasons I don't want to be married and that being like stability and security yes, and all I agree that kind with of stuff, you we agree on this all that can be ripped away but I'm, I'm there for the for the legal aspects uh, like to me that's yeah. the biggest pro of it because you can have an equally fulfilling relationship with no ring yeah you know Dr. Jen absolutely and at the same time, if your partner's in the hospital, you want to be able to be making medical decisions for them. And granted, you can get paperwork, legal paperwork to do all of that stuff, but it does feel different. And, you know, look, for you, that's perfect that, you know, Jared, you could date someone who wants to, who doesn't, you know, you could, not a big deal for you. But if, if, some, if you are someone out there who's listening that marriage is really important to you and you're with a partner that's like, yeah, no, no way. And a lot of the time I hear like, 
oh, my parents were divorced, I don't want to go through that, or I had a very painful breakup, so, you know, marriage would be so much worse if things didn't go well, or, you know, all those kind of things. If that's something that they really don't want, it's not for you. I'm glad to hear you say that, because every time I discuss it with people, I always wonder, like, is it problematic that I'm so indifferent about marriage? But I, that makes sense. I understand where you're coming from on that one. I think it's great that you're clear that you're indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, sometimes people are are not, don't have the clarity that you have, and it, it's important to have that clarity. That makes sense. I get that. Number three is the one that I always think about, because I feel like couples, you know, go into marriages before they sometimes have thought about all of these things. Number three is kids. And I feel like whether or not you want to have kids is something that you should not be, like, making major compromises on. A hundred percent. And it's also not an experience you should deny your partner. If, mm. if you're, if you are someone who wants to have a child, you need to have that experience. If you're someone who has a partner who wants a child, it's not fair to deny them that experience. And you don't want to have a child just to please your partner. It, it's a minimum of 18 years of enormous responsibility, but really a lifetime. And it's such a full-time commitment and a life changer that that is not something that you want to compromise on. When it comes to a second kid, to me, that you can compromise. Interesting. Okay, wait, I have more questions about this kids piece. So let's take a quick break. Uh When we come back, we'll finish up uh, the five things because the kids one is a little bit hazy for me. So uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, more Drop the Subject and Dr. Jen. Don't go Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right, we are back with Dr. Jen, and we're talking about the five things that you should definitely have a conversation with your uh, your significant other on if you think your relationship is going to last. It's from Dr. Jen's Hump Day article uh, over on InStyle, and we were talking about them. Number one was monogamy. You both should be agreed on whether or not monogamy is something that is important to you. Same thing with marriage. If you guys are in different places about what you want out of marriage, Probably a, 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 at least a yellow or orange flag, if not a red one. The one we were just talking about was kids. And I know that for me, when I was 19 years old, I wanted to have four kids. I was like clear about that. Wow. And then I got a little older and I was like, okay, three kids. And then I got a little older and I was like, all right, two kids. And now I'm at this place where I'm like, if I have one, I'm doing a lot. And I don't yeah. know. I mean, if I, kids are expensive. I don't know if I want to have kids or not. and time consuming. Yeah, well, like, uh, one of my best friends was on the show yesterday, and he, he and his wife, uh, they are, like, super close to me, and, I, and I've and i been hanging out with them a lot, and they just had a baby. He's about 14 months old, and seeing them with him, I'm always thinking, like, oh, this is so beautiful, it's so great, but I'm always thinking about how exhausted they are, and how busy mm-hmm. they are, and how busy I am, and I'm like, I don't know where I fall on kids, so what if the person doesn't know where they fall on that spectrum? Well, the thing is, you can't be the one that cancels out the opportunity for another person. If you're Mm -hmm. open to it and you're like, hey, if I were kind of like your marriage stance, if you're from a perspective of I'm kind of on the fence, I could go either way. If I was with a partner who desperately wanted a child, I would have one. If I was with someone who was really crystal clear they didn't, great, then you can go either way. But if you got to the point where you're like, absolutely not, then you need to be with someone who doesn't want a child. Because like you saw, it's exhausting, it's time consuming, it's expensive, it's an amazing experience, don't get me wrong, I'm a mother of twins, but I can tell you from experience, personal and clinical, it's a game changer. And and it's, it's a lot, it's intense. 
It's so funny that you mentioned you're a mother of twins because I'm a big sister to twin sisters. Um, So I know even from a sibling perspective, how much of a, uh, how daunting of a task that can be. (laughs) Talking about children always is like a bit of a trigger for me because most of my relationships have went down in flames because, you know, uh, the guys that I've dated have wanted children, but they haven't talked about any type of long-term commitment. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just wild to even, and and right now I'm not in a space for children. I'm content. And, and, And by the way, that goes back to the number two on the list of marriage. Yeah, that that the the context of of with which you have children is as important as having children. Yes, I totally agree. All right, so number four on your list is core values. Ooh, Let's talk about. Can I ding the bell on that one? Because <laughs> that is just ooh, that's Absolutely. like top of the list for me. That that's above monogamy for me. Core values like that. It, it, you that's a big can't one. Be with someone who has hugely different values than you, whether it is religious beliefs or philosophy about life or how they treat people, any of that. And and that kind of blends with the, the fifth one on my list, which is character, which, you know, you can't teach someone character and you can't be with someone who treats people in a way that you find reprehensible or that has different core values or that has biases that just get under your skin and you find to be reprehensible. Like that's just, I don't care how good the sex is. I don't care how cute they are. I don't care how much Mm -hmm. fun they are. At the end of the day, you know, regardless of, blue pills or pink pills or anything at the end of the day we're we're two people sitting in the rocking chairs sitting and talking and having that connection and that ability to talk about things is what we're left with at the end of the day when you were here last week we had a caller who called in and said that her boyfriend would sometimes let his friends like say homophobic or transphobic or racist things and like that was one of those things where she was like Mm -hmm. he doesn't say it he doesn't agree with it but like he's okay with his friends like kind of getting away with it and I feel like that kind of tugs on the core values kind of space of what are you allowing and what are you okay with show me your friends and and it'll show me who you are yeah yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and also what you in terms of your character have the strength to speak up about or not. That's number 5, right? Character. Yeah, and that that's that's a character issue. And if you're with someone who doesn't speak up for what they believe in and allows that to go on, it you have to really question that. I I love that you say here, um, it says people can improve their communication, become more insightful and learn new behaviors, but they cannot learn character. You cannot change someone's nature. I think that's so good because I think so many people go into relationships and they're like, oh, I can change this or I can fix that. Mm -hmm. And I'm a person who like if if I notice something pretty early on, I I don't like the idea of asking someone to change something because they're in a relationship with me. I'm always asking Mm -hmm. myself like, okay. How can I work with this can or I can I not? With this. Exactly, because yeah. I'm really not interested in changing who you are at your core, or who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I hear so many people saying, oh, well, we can fix that or we can change that. Mm-hmm. And that always seems like a bad way to go into a situation. It is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, look, it's one thing that we can grow together. We may have strengths where a partner has weaknesses. We can educate them. They hopefully educate us. I mean, I really believe that 
healthy, great relationships. We help each other grow. We help each other become more well-rounded. We turn each other on to ideas and concepts and philosophies and, you know, education that we might not have otherwise been exposed to or exposed the other person to. But at the at the end of the day, like, this is core stuff. Those values, that character, like, that's something you cannot teach. And it's it's key. So in your article, you end by saying, basically, like, if you're in a relationship with someone that's pushing you on any one of these five issues, whether they're character, core values, kids, marriage, or monogamy, um, basically, you need to reconsider the relationship. Yep. Look, I I don't play. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, you know, I, I can't mince my words on this one. If one of these five things is an issue in your relationship. It's not a yellow. It's not it, It's not a green. It's a red flag. It's a you need to move on. This is not for you. And this is either going to end poorly. You're going to waste your time or you are going to end up very, very unhappy. That's good. Because that's what I imagine. I imagine that these things would turn into like from a snowflake to a full blown avalanche. The more you don't address uh-huh. them, you try to av- avoid and don't address these these five tips that Absolutely. Dr. Jen offered. Yeah. Well, Dr. Jen's book is available. It's called The Re- Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection and Intimacy. If you are asking yourself any of these questions, you need to check out her book because it's got a lot of questions that you can ask each other uh, to really be able to, to figure out if this relationship is going to work and how to make it work. Dr. Jen, we really appreciate you being here. I always love talking to you and looking forward to next week. Of course, of course. We'll have a great one. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Drop the Subject comes back in just a few minutes. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. Jarrett and Char hanging out with you here. Now, I've got to tell you, one of my favorite celebrities is Chrissy Teigen. I enjoy her and John Legend together. I think they're super cute. I think she's super funny. Her food be bomb. Okay, those cookbooks. Those they kids are gorgeous. Are, like, yeah. everything about them just Love works for her me. Love her Insta stories. Well, apparently, uh, just uh, the other day, Chrissy got on to Twitter and <laughs> she tweets, Is she still blocked by the president? Do we know? Probably. I would imagine so. Well, actually, no, they told him he had to unblock people. But he still has he people blocked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So who, who does he listen to? She got on Twitter and said, it's celebrity question asking time. Ask me your favorite A-list celebrity. Anything you would like to know about being a super huge A-list celebrity. And then there's also like a picture of like a junk drawer. Uh-huh. <laughs> like it's it's great. So um, someone asked her the very first question was, uh, what is it like being a celebrity? She says, it's good because I'm comfortable, but I have an awesome life and zero life all at the same time, which... I kind of figure out, I, I, I guess I get what she means there. What, is, what do you think she means? Does zero life mean she doesn't do anything? Or does that mean that everything's so public, she has nothing to herself? I think it's a little bit of both of those. And she has two young kids and that whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, like you have like a cool glam life, but you also don't have like a whole bunch of time to like right. go and do like the fun stuff, I guess. Right. Because like even I think people... Like, like at award shows and all those kind of glamorous events and things like that and kind of think of them as being really fun and having a great time. But like those things are kind of daunting and, and 
not as and fun as boring. they look. And they're award boring. shows. Let me tell you, award shows are ten times better from the couch. They're your, so at much your better. Own house. Absolutely, because <laughs> they are not fun in person. Absolutely. Okay. So then she goes on, and another one. Uh, someone asks her, "What is the best perk of being a celebrity?" She says, "No one gives my kids nasty looks on the plane. <laughs> if anything, they're creepily nice, and it is crazy unfair because they are just as annoying as other kids on a plane." I love that she trolls That's herself, fair. her kids, and John. Uh, someone says, "Do you set an alarm, or does someone gently wake you up in the morning?" She says. John sets an alarm but leaves it in the bathroom while he makes the kids pancakes and I have to get up to cancel it. <laughs> I get very upset. I love that. I feel like I, I want to see like what their bickering is That's like. That's so normal. <laughs> I, I don't I, I honestly don't see them getting into too many uh, like verbal spats mm-hmm. but of course it happens but I don't see it. Uh, it doesn't seem like it would be like a regular occurrence with them. He doesn't seem like somebody who's all that combative or, or no, wants to fight not at all. Much. Not at all. He's got that fat ass. Never mind. Ooh. All right. We got to take a quick and, uh, break. <laughs> when we come back, more drop the subject. But before we go, I want to remind you to go to wearechannelq.com right now for your chance to win a trip for two to Vegas with airfare, hotel tickets, plus a meet and greet with Lizzo. You're going to be feeling good as hell and uh, be all juiced over Jerome. You see what I'm doing? See what I'm see what I'm doing there? Because because that's those are Lizzo songs. I'm really proud of me. Uh, go to wearechannelq.com for more information on how you can win this amazing New Year's Eve trip for you and a friend. You're going to be staying at the Cosmo. You're going to be uh, hanging out with Lizzo. You're going to go to this concert, and then you're going to have a $1,000 shopping spree with Dia & Co. I don't know what else you want from me, people. Go to wearechannelq.com right now for more information. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We are... Uh, Getting into uh, the one o'clock hour, we're in the the home stretch here, uh, getting ready to talk about the story that's interesting. I, every day, I kind of bring you guys the word of the day from Dictionary.com, and what's been interesting is that they've the people over at Merriam-Webster have chosen really their word of the year. We talked earlier uh, about words of the year, but Merriam-Webster has said that the word of the year for them is they, T-H-E-Y. We've had all these conversations about pronouns and uh, you know how people identify and being gender nonconforming and gender fluidity and all that. Well, they say that they is one of the uh, biggest words of the year. They said yes, that 300 so, and something percent up this year? Yeah, well, the search for it, right. it has been increased by 313 percent this year. But they, as it relates to no, as the non-binary pronoun, um, was added to three other separate definitions of the word back in September this year. They said in a statement that the word of the year winner was determined by data. And like we just mentioned, there's been an uptick for the search of they as it relates to the non-binary primary pronoun for a lot of people. Now, what confuses me about this is that so many people still intentionally gaslight non-binary people and trans people, and they intentionally act obtuse when clearly you all are actually doing the request of a lot of non-binary and trans people, which is don't ask me, ask Google, or at least do your research before you come ask me to have labor some conversations. Well, you are. It's 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 an uptick. Well, I, I mean, just because it's up by 300% doesn't mean that it's like ubiquitous and that everybody's a part of that conversation yet though like I think that there are more and more people trying to figure it out and I would guess that probably next year there'll be even more people but I'm saying if they're searching for it, it within the context of that pronoun why it why is it still why does the landscape of social media and the landscape of of, of, of online communities still feel just so ignorant I would say the vast majority of people are still not like educated on what it means like they say more people than ever have been googling it and searching for it but I still think even if that 
that that number is three hundred percent larger than it was, I think it's still like still a small number of people. Well, yeah, overall. people aren't reading, and in all fairness, even myself as a trans woman, I sometimes struggle with learning uh, different. Um, identities as the trans umbrella sure. expands. I think that's an important part of, of understanding the umbrella of LGBTQ because um, I think that people kind of assume that because we're all under this umbrella, we all have the same experience and that we all understand no. things the same way. Uh-uh. And like, I will call you with a question about something regarding being trans. I will call Travel and ask a question about something being non-binary and, you know, trying to understand those different things. Um, one of the interesting things in this article, they say key moments cited by the dictionary publisher where searches spiked um, were in January. January, when Paris Fashion Week featured non-binary model Oslo Grace, um, U.S. Congressman, Congresswoman uh, Pramila Jayapal's April statement about her child being non-gender, gender non-conforming, and in June, when Pride celebrations were happening, they say in September... Uh, the British singer-songwriter Sam Smith, who's obviously a Channel Q artist, um, they say he recently came out as non-binary um, and wanted to be referred to as being they-them, obviously, which we've talked about. Uh, Jonathan Van Ness. A good, a good amount here. Jonathan Van Ness, eyes. absolutely. Uh, uh, Billy D. Williams last week, which he came back and corrected everybody. Jonathan also Ooh. goes by he-him pronouns. Yeah, well, and so I think it's... Which we've had, further adds to the conversation. I think I think that's a big part of why we've, had, we've seen such a spike this year, because there are a lot of people who've been coming out saying that they don't identify uh, in in the binary and they don't necessarily feel like uh, one or the other really resonates with them. And I think that's uh, I think that's a good thing, because I also um, I always say I don't think that there are more people that are LGBTQ than there were before. You know, we started seeing more of it. I think more people have the language for it. Similarly to how we talk about mental health and people more people are able to say, like, I'm depressed or have anxiety. I don't think there are more people that are depressed or anxious. I think more people have the language for it. And I think that's what's important. Yeah. And even still, like I said, it could still be confusing to a lot of people within the the community. So I totally understand your initial point, especially when people use binary pronouns and non-binary pronouns. Absolutely. So it's very hard to define when the the definition is literally up to the person that you're talking to. Absolutely. So one of these other stories that was really interesting um, and kind of the LGBTQ umbrella, uh, this headline comes from the Seattle Times and it says groundbreaking uh, University of Washington study finds that transgender kids, um, their gender identity is as strong as that of cisgender children. And I think there's there's been a lot of conversation about, like, when is it too soon to take a, a child's word on their gender mm-hmm. identity um, and whether or not parents should, you know, listen to their young children um, when they're telling them, like, you know, I was assigned boy at birth, um, you know, mm-hmm. but they say, like, no, mommy, I'm a girl or vice versa. Um, the, the piece from the Seattle Times says gender identity is as strong in transgender children as it is in cisgender children, no matter how long a child has been treated as being a gender they don't identify with, according to initial findings from this new study. Um, They say the results bolster um, earlier University of Washington research that has found transitioning doesn't necessarily affect a transgender child's sense of self. And we've had this conversation before, but talk to me about, like, when did you first know that, like, I'm transgender, this is what, what you're saying to me is not right? What I'm sorry. What, what what people are saying to you oh, as far as, okay. as your, threw, as that your last gender part threw me off. Because um, people I've, were telling you yes, that, I've who known, you are. I've literally known my whole life. But what matters is, like you mentioned earlier, it's it's language. If I had access when we were going taking library trips in first and second grade to to Google, if that was around back then, and the language was there and the representation was there. Keep in mind, we have shows like Pose. We have people in the media uh, who are 
outwardly and openly trans. And so that representation, that that helps uh, speak truth to power for children who once upon a time did not have the language to describe what they know for sure. Okay, I want to hang into this conversation a little bit more. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I in my gut, I know that there is a person who is listening that either their child is transgender or they know someone who has a child that is, uh, is saying something is different about them. I want to get back into this conversation. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, more drop the subject in this conversation on transgender children um, and identifying uh, with their with their gender. That's up next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject. We're in the middle of this conversation with Shar about how uh, this new University of Washington study says that children um, that identify as transgender have just as strong a sense of their gender identity as uh, children that are cisgendered. Mm -hmm. And I was asking you about when you knew um, that you were trans and that like and how did you how did you come to that and then how did you communicate it? Well, I didn't come to that that uh, conclusion until later in life, but I always knew it's it, it kind of like I don't like conflating gender identity and sexuality, but it's this whole study, this whole phenomenon around oh, believe children mm-hmm. when they tell you and say who they are. It kind of reminds me of like the discussion that was happening 10, 15 years ago around gay kids. Mm -hmm. Like kids knew that they were gay when they were young as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They just might have not had the language at the time to express that. Um, But yeah, so it's been one of those things that's always there. And I'm just like I mentioned in the earlier segment, I'm so happy that these uh, kids now have access to that. And that's not saying that, you know, people are undergoing surgeries or hormone replacement therapy in the first grade right. but I think that it's a if your child brings this conversation to you it's worth being entertained I was saying to you that I imagine there's someone who's listening who is either a parent of a transgender child or a, a young transgender person or someone adjacent you know and I if I remember correctly when you told us your story uh, in the past you said that at first you were identifying as gay because you didn't even have the language of being trans is that well right? I was identifying as gay because everyone told me okay. that that's what I was Okay, um, so that was kind of imposed on to me that's not a, a title that I really ever uh, claimed it even showed up with with dating even hearkening back to that I've never dated anyone who identified as gay I've never dated anyone who was openly gay and this is even pre transition mm-hmm. and so um, yeah I think that I, I took on that title because that is literally what was imposed on me by the world mm-hmm. um, I didn't know of anything else and that's what everyone told me I was so if a parent is listening right now or like I said an aunt or uncle or friend of um, and they know of a child that is saying like you know I'm not what you say I am Mm -hmm. what kind of advice do you have for a person who's like trying to figure out what to do with that information take each day as it comes take each moment as it comes and listen Mm -hmm. you have to listen because kids are not dumb and they know what they feel and they know what they experience now. However, some kids, just because, like, you know, your son may want to play in a princess dress, that does not mean that he wants to be a girl. Just because your daughter might be an extreme tomboy or like LeBron James, that doesn't mean that she wants to be a, a boy. And I think that's the best advice I could give. Take each day as it comes and listen to your child. Do not disregard their feelings or, or their opinions, especially as it comes to what they have to say about things 
themselves because sure. no one walks in those shoes but that person. Kind of touching on what you were saying here, um, This again, this story comes from the Seattle Times and the University of Washington report um, that says, uh, they say the study also found that transgender children, um, their gender development mirrors that of cisgender children. Um, they say that, for example, just as cisgender children tend to show interest in toys and clothes that society stereotypically associates with their gender, transgender children transgender children tend to do the same for things associated with the gender they identify as. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like, I feel like sometimes there is kind of that happens. And then people start to think like, Oh, well he wants to play with the doll. That must mean he's gay or, Oh, he wants to, or she wants to play with the truck. That's how obtuse people are. Yeah. 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 That really is how obtuse people are. So I, and I mean, I don't know. I feel like, well, they can be, they 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 can be absolutely. And I feel like I'm just thinking about the person who is trying to figure out what to do in this situation. And I I would just encourage them, as you said, to continue to listen, ask questions and do some research. Like, you know, And, and meet a child at their level. Yeah. What I mean by that is if you have questions, interrogate those questions. I believe that's your job as the as the provider, Mm -hmm. as as the parent. But meet them at their level. Use their language. Don't come at them with Merriam-Webster, you know, confusing type Mm -hmm. language that might throw anything off because what they say is what they say. Mm -hmm. And if they say something, I believe it's worthy of being entertained. What's most important to not do? Shut shut the child down. Mm Shutting the child down is not going to get either one of you all anywhere, except, of course, in a negative space. Because kids, I'm sure just like I can remember things from way back when my earliest memories are four years old, four or five years old. And that's not uh, something that is that it's an anomaly. You know, that's a common memory for people. Their earliest memories are about four or five years old. And there are distinct things like I can only imagine trying to express myself to my parents. And there have been times where I think back and I've brought up to my parents like, yeah, mm -hmm, I remember in fifth grade (laughs) when X, Y and Z happened or you caught me doing X, Y and Z. And I tried to tell you and you totally disregarded it. You know, or shut down what I had to say. So I think uh, every parent is thinking about like the trauma that their kid is going to experience because every person is going to experience trauma. Yep. And I think if you're shutting down your child, those are the moments that your child is going to remember as having been negative, and it's going to it's it's always going to always be something that they remember as having not and been trusted, not being heard, not been listened and, to. And if they don't feel valued with the parent, they're going to seek refuge in other places, and yeah. th- that can go a myriad of different ways. Gotcha. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, news it or lose it. Don't go anywhere. We'll drop the subject right after this. Drop the subject presents News It or Lose It. News It or Lose It is all the way back and all the way live. So, Char, I've got three headlines. You have three votes. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. <laughs> That's my Kimberell voice. I was going to say, I don't, uh, Kimberell, <laughs> not on channel Q, it's not. All right, here we go. Number one. Ready? Yes. Okay. The world's largest scotch whiskey collection could fetch millions of dollars. Uh, I'm going to lose that one. Okay. You were just talking about wanting to get a new computer. They say Apple's newest Mac Pro is being compared to a cheese grater by fans. Oh. 
Newsing that one. Uh, and then oh, one that I could, I could only possibly pitch with you. Kim Kardashian goes off on Courtney for having too many boundaries. Ooh, we are newsing that because I just saw that episode <laughs> uh-huh. early this morning. I'm so happy. There we go. That was a good one. <laughs> More news it'll lose it coming up right after this. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to... Are you rushing it, Jared? Drop the subject. <laughs> Apparently. Presents. News it or lose it. Bum, 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 bum. Okay, now I will start. Now it's time okay. to start. So you were talking about you need to get a new computer and you want a Mac. Yes, what? I need a Mac. <laughs> why? Why do you need a Mac? Because I just that's what I'm. What I, when I worked in production, that's the computer that I became accustomed to. And my little Acer, I got a little cheap Acer that I needed in a bind two summers ago, and she's held it down. But it's time for an upgrade. I got my first Mac with my college refund. Um, I, I remember getting a college refund and that was like the biggest check I'd ever gotten and I went and like bought some clothes and I bought a MacBook and I thought like I had all the money in the world and then that money was very quickly gone. Gag. Exactly. It was very quickly gone. Well, according to CNN Business, they say Apple's new MacBook Pro is about to go on sale. The top of the line Mac is anticipated to power users for um, its jaw-dropping specs and by Apple design fans, uh, they say it kind of looks like a cheese grater. Um, the appearance of it um, kind of has a cheese grater. Um, they say it's going to be available for pre-order beginning uh, today. It's I the computer. See a photo of this, a cheese grater. They say the Mac Pro. Not mind you, it's not the MacBook Pro. It's the Mac Pro. It's the the well, tower. What's the difference? The, the, it's a tower oh, that you buy okay. a monitor for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they say um, it's the computer's first update in six years, and it looks drastically different than its predecessor. Apple ditched its previous trash can cylinder uh, design for a more tra- traditional tower shape um, that has several holes on it for cooling and handling um, of the cool top. But it looks like one of those box graters. Yeah, and I think that's why it's trending that people are talking about the fact that it looks weird. Well, listen, I'm not complaining because those PCs need all of the ventilation that they can get. Listen, Ain't and nothing keep them worse quiet. than a computer overheating. All right, so the story that I really wanted to talk to you about, though, because like I said, while Allie's away, I can have Kardashian conversations. I watched Seriously. Sunday's... I always say that Courtney will like listen to you tell like your whole life story, and then you'll pause, and she'll go, yeah. <laughs> and it drives me insane. I'll be like, you don't have anything else to say, but... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just drives me crazy. So uh, she's doing, uh, they're having this conversation on the show last week. What I thought was interesting, number one, is that usually you don't see shows talk about themselves as a show. And I thought it was interesting with the Kardashians this week because they were talking about the fact that they're on a show and the awkwardness of uh of Courtney not wanting to film and how like you know when they when you don't film we end up having to film They're more and she's, and she's building up all these ba- these new boundaries about things that she doesn't want to put on camera and it kind of leaves you they have one more episode left and you know, the next week is their finale and so I was fascinated by it because I was like, are we watching the show disintegrate on the show? I don't think the show will go anywhere because Courtney is not necessarily the star power. But the point that she made that I found most interesting and to me makes the most sense is that you go through these things that are real life. Mm -hmm. There's cameras in your face as you're going through them. And then you have to go to a confessional, talk about it. And months later, right months later, and then it's released to the world. And now you have to deal with it all in your mentions. And she said that doing that year after year after year with, multiple different scenarios and I bet those Scott years were real tough. Well, she said that. 
she's like, you I know, put everything of my relationship with Scott on, we saw on her camera, and Mason it was definitely from her own, difficult. Her, we saw her, her hoo ha. Yeah, when her first when she, when son born. Mason nine years ago. I I remember her talking about how they had gone through everything in their relationship and how bad it was for their relationship. And I just remember thinking, like, with all of these reality shows, like removing the Kardashians from it, going through a terrible fight. So say me and you have a big fight here on the air. Mm-hmm. We hate each other, and then you know, in a couple of days, we have a conversation and we're fine. Mm-hmm. But then you know, in March when it airs on television, now that that is airing for everyone, and then everybody online. That that's watching it is now weighing in and I can't believe he said and, this and, and you don't know I don't know what you said in your confessional and you, you don't, don't know what I said exactly, in mine. We exactly. won't know until March I feel like we always see that in in like the Real Housewives franchises that shows up in the reunions exactly exactly yeah <laughs> and then it's like oh but I didn't know that you had said uh-huh. such and such about my mama and and how my hair did and yeah. my makeup this and and so that's one of the more interesting elements of it and I was watching it thinking like huh we could be seeing this kind of this thing starting to really fade for them because Chris Jenner was talking about how she didn't want to film that day and they Chris they were talking about nowhere. Chris Chris is not going to let that money go but also like they but Kylie they, has dropped out I was going to say Kylie is and very Kendall. sparsely on the show and Kylie just paid out you know got paid out 600 million dollars from her makeup line Kylie don't ever have to work again if she doesn't want yeah. to and I think most of them have made enough money that they could invest and not be on the show anymore so but I was thinking they point, might be ready to pull point, out I can't imagine it I can't imagine Imagine the series finale of Kardashians happening, because in my opinion, they'll be gone if they if they, if they ever do that. Five years later, it'll be keeping up with the Kardashians again, except it'll be Mason, Penelope, uh, North. See what I think it'll will be happen. Kardashian second generation, and I'll be watching that too. You all can judge all you want. See, to. I think they, I think they will. If they had a finale next year, say like next year is the last season, I feel like there'll be specials throughout the year. Oh yeah, where the they're Christmas doing something and, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, the happy ending. Emmy, get ready. Have your happy ending ready. I need to get mine ready too. <laughs> Good lord. That's next. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Drop the subject is almost over. It's about time for us to land this plane. It's time for the happy ending. Shar, we've talked about a lot of things today. We've, yes, we have. We've had a, a mountain of political news at the top there with the impeachment hearing and the impeachment articles. USMCA agreement. Tulsi. Tulsi Gabbard talking about she's boycotting the debate that don't nobody want her at. Um, I mean... Imagine that. Imagine that. Um, We talked about these food myths that you and I have bought into, Mm -hmm. and they kind of read us on that. Uh, We talked about Chrissy Teigen being an A-list celebrity. Mm -hmm. We also talked to Dr. Jen about... Uh, about the five things that you must agree with your SO on, your significant other. I actually thought that was really, really important and interesting. Core values. Yeah, core values and character. Uh, monogamy. monogamy, marriage, and children. All five things. If you missed that, you should go back and listen to the podcast. Um, but, Emmy. Yes. I know that you are super hyped <laughs> about your happy ending. Can't you hear her enthusiasm? You, oh, it's my favorite part of the show. Emmy's like, oh, every God, day. Do, we have, do I have to have one? <laughs> All right, what you got? I don't have a witty statement for you. I'm not going to put this in proper form, but okay. all all you guys need to know is that there's one less dingus floating around on the internet now that he's in jail. Oh, okay. I, Mine was related to that too. Okay, oh, was it? Cool. Yeah. No, no, no. It's fine. I just, oh my god, no shade. Mine I don't was mess too. with this any. about the influence. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. What you got? Okay. That, I guess that was the one that stuck out to us the most. Here well, we go. first of all, shout out to Jacqueline Estrada, 
who just wrote me on uh, on on the Instagram DM. Yes. So dope. Um, so mine is although. This man, this Instagram influencer from Iowa has been sentenced to 14 years with his cousin being sentenced to 20. Although he's been sentenced and they're in jail and his whole brand has seemingly gone, you know, to the to the trash. At least now he has time to think about how he will rebrand once he's released. Oh, well, that's kind of related to what I was going to say. I was going to say it sucks for the social media influencer that's going to jail for 14 years after he held a man at gunpoint over a, a domain name. But look at the bright side. He's going to have a whole lot of really great content when he comes out. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to have things to talk about with his relationships with other men in the, in the pen. Oh, yeah. He's going to have 14 years. It's going to happen. Listen, he's got a great video for when he gets out of prison. Yeah. He's got like a lot to talk the about. The rebrand, the rebuild, I think we can all agree was going to be fascinating. But the idea that in 15 years he's going to be on YouTube, like I don't even think YouTube. Maybe I'll invite him on my talk show. There we go. All right. Well, in that case, tomorrow uh, <laughs> is on its way. We've got another live show for you right here. Char will be back. Uh, then on Thursday, we have Travel Anderson joining us. And then Friday, John Duran uh, from Sidebar is going to be here. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day. Be safe out there. We look forward to seeing you on the social media or checking out the podcast. Bye. On the, ne- on the next, drop the subject. It's Wednesday, so the GMA is on deck. This time with a twist. Plus, Denver Sean from lovebscott.com will be here with the latest on the question looming around Jordan Woods. Sean, would you ever take a lie detector test to prove your point? I definitely do it. Apparently, that was a lie. What? Okay, how much do you love guest hosting for Allie? I love it. I can't even believe you right now. Drop the subject. 12 to 2 Pacific, 3 to 5 Eastern on the new Channel Q.